Good morning and welcome to Tuesday morning, August the 23rd in 2022 on When I Rise. Today we continue Year C, Proper Week 17, which is the 12th Sunday after Pentecost. And on the Tuesday of the week, I'd like to take a look at one of the psalm passages, which comes to us from this week from the Revised Common Lectionary. In this week of the church's calendar year, and we find ourselves in Psalm 81. Here are the verses today, verse 1, and then jumping ahead to verses 10 through 16. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise, meet God together in a time of prayer. Psalm 81, verse 1, and then verses 10 through 16. Sing for joy to God our strength. Shout aloud to the God of Jacob. I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt. Open wide your mouth and I will fill it. But my people would not listen to me. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own devices. If my people would only listen to me, if Israel would only follow my ways, how quickly I would subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. Those who hate the Lord would cringe before him and their punishment would last forever. But you would be fed with the finest of wheat. With honey from the rock, I would satisfy you. This is the word of God for us. As I was looking up some research for Psalm 81, the author compared Psalm 81 and Psalm 95 and encouraged us to look at them side by side to see both the similarities and the contrast between them. Psalm 81 appears to be focused on the person of Joseph and of maybe the northern tribes of Israel. Remember when the split happened after uh, the son of Solomon uh, led Israel in the wrong direction, the northern tribes and the southern tribes split off. So there's, it became Israel, the two northern tribes, Judah, the two southern tribes. And so there's also this conflict between what is the true theological heart and center of Israel? Is it in the temple in Jerusalem? Or is it in some of these earlier sites uh, where the people of God worship God uh, before Jerusalem was a city? This, of course, issue boils over in many different places, and it's in the background of John chapter 4, when Jesus is talking to the woman at the well. But we put that for the side for now. But Psalm 81 is more of this wilderness, anti-Jerusalem temple movement, and it seeks to draw upon the ancient story of Israel to remind people in their current day that they should put their hope in God. Uh, there's a, a sense that perhaps uh, Psalm 81 was written later in the Old Testament period, perhaps even after exile. And it was read at a time uh, before a festival, the festival of the booths. And so uh, it starts off in verse one, sing for joy to God, our strength, shout aloud to the God of Jacob. Once again, a common opening to a song. Uh, but this reference to Jacob is, you know, I mean, Jacob encountered God in the wilderness a few different times. And so it's also setting the scene for this more wilderness type community than the established temple type community. And then jumping down uh, to verse 10 and following it meditates upon how God was faithful to the people of Israel, even in the time of their rebellion. Um, you'll notice that uh, there's some harsh language in verse 11 says, but my people would not listen to me. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own 
devices. And there's like this longing of God, this middle knowledge. Instead, if they would have done this, this would have been their experience. If my people would only listen to me, if Israel would follow, only follow my ways, how quickly I would subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. Talk about how like God would actually go in pursuit of the foes and scatter them and punish them. This is a maybe a bit of an embellishment and hyperbole. Their punishment would last forever. They would always be protected from these enemies. But in contrast, but you would be fed with the finest of wheat, with honey from the rock. I would satisfy you. Once again, some inferences from the wilderness campaign that when Israel was destitute and wandering in the wilderness, God provided for them, even though their faithfulness to God was kind of checkered, like sometimes on sometimes not. Sometimes they were in the zone and other times they were out of the zone of faithfulness. And so this is a, a gutsy psalm, one that uh, talks about how God has had this long patience with his one people and his one story. He's never given up. He's never scrapped plan A and cobbled out a clan B in its place. Uh, but this God shows a great patience and a forbearance um, as Paul preached to the Athenians in Acts 17. Uh, but God wants us all to change our minds and to follow him. And there's blessing in the wake of changing our minds. And so how can we as modern worshipers grapple with Psalm 81? Uh, we can see that if this was the appeal of God in the ancient past to his ancient people, uh, and since Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then this is an appeal for us as well, that to even if God would find us in maybe some area of our life, let's just be honest, let's be real, some stubborn and hard-heartedness in our own life, uh, refusing to change our minds about something. Um, if, if we would turn, God would heal, He would restore us, and He would give us blessing. Once again, you'd be fed with the finest of wheat, with honey from the rock, I would satisfy you. I think that's just a, a stunning question to ask ourselves this morning. Are we satisfied? Like, are we content in our lives? I was listening to some reporting this morning. It was commenting on a book uh, that was written, and so it was a bit of a book review. And uh, one of the one of the elements of this book review about this book that they are reviewing, obviously, was the fact that even with all of our advancements, there seems to be little satisfaction and happiness in our culture today. I mean, we have everything, don't we? Like, sure, there's struggles and challenges. There's great unknowns. And there are people who wake up with profound challenges every day. But if we were to tell you, like, what we have available now, the speed of accessing stuff now, to what they did in their, like, earlier days. And hello, like, we don't have, like, you know, pre-modern dentists, right? Like, we can go to a dentist chair and, like, get incredible work done, incredible medical procedures done, um, answers at our fingertips. We can connect with people in a whiz and a flash. And so, I mean, all these things are at our disposal. And I think there might be some critics, if they could do some time travel and look at our life today, they would say man, like, I don't know what, what y'all are so unhappy about. Like you have so many more advancements. And so I think that's a great governing question. Are we satisfied? And if we're lacking satisfaction, it could be that we are in lack of some serious and significant things that could add to our human experience that can make us more satisfied. Or what it could be is that we've forgotten the blessing and provision of God. We've, um, we continue to be needy and to want more instead of being content with what we have. And so I think sometimes a psalm like this can help us to be reminded that God has already given us so much and we can be thankful. Now, this is not a browbeating from God, but it is like a brotherly or reminder to us that uh, if we look at really what we have, there should be a great satisfaction that washes over all of us. And I think if we start our day with that sense of satisfaction, 
it will shade the rest of our day with positive uh, energy and optimism. I hope those aren't light and airy terms and, and nauseating to you. I just know that like there's there could be a lot ahead today. Things that we're prepared for, things that are going to surprise us. Why not start off today with this realization that we've got a lot of good going for us. And it's because God is in the midst of all of it. I want to start there. And to start there, take some significant prayers. So that's how we're going to start our prayer time this morning. So with that, let's allow our souls to rise and meet God this morning in a time of prayer. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we rejoice in you today, and we thank you for another day, for the air that fills our lungs, for our minds that are alert and ready. We thank you for schools to attend, for workplaces to go to, for communities that count on us and we count on them. We thank you that um, as we enter into rooms and as we text people and have phone conversations, as we drive next to people and we bump into people at the store or we go through drive throughs and uh, we meet people that are serving our needs. God, we um, ask that you would animate us with your very life. Um, God, we know that people are looking for an answer. We know that all of us have lack in our life, but those who are in the people of God, that lack has been filled by Christ. And so for those who are looking to be fulfilled today, I pray that they might see the satisfaction of our lives. We might be able to nudge them with the wisdom that we have, the kindness that we show. Um, the logic and the, the knowledge that we've come to know through our you know, practice and faith and study. And so God, this day, I pray that that would start with the sense of satisfaction. God, you have filled us with good things and we rejoice and acknowledge that. So out of that acknowledgement, God, I pray that that satisfaction would cause us to have a skip in our step, win in our sales, strength in our witness, confidence as we stand today. And I pray that you'd allow us to minister to needs all around us. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.